The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alex Alcazaz, aka the Bear of Texas, and this is Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, not this subject particularly is in one of the most controversial and infamous incidents excuse me, in the history of the French national soccer team. In 2001, France played an international exhibition match against Algeria. Basically, the whole idea of having this exhibition game was basically regarded as a source of, quote, reconciliation between the two countries. As if uh, some of you are aware, for those of you who don't know, I might give you a little, uh, little history lesson, although I'm not entirely educated on the uh, war in Algeria between France and Algeria from 1958 to 1962, although from what I understand, it was bloody, and what France did in Algeria, obviously is going to be remembered forever in history. And it's often argued France allegedly committed crimes against humanity in Algeria. I do have to say allegedly because keep in mind, I'm not very educated on this. I obviously need to learn more. I am a, I've, no, I've learned a bit. But I'm going to keep it neutral and try to keep it basically as peaceful as I can. You know... It's really been difficult, you know, the, the, this whole issue with France and Algeria. You know, even today, I often wonder, are France and Algeria cool now? Are there good relations? Is there still hostility? The situation is extremely difficult. Now, in my case, especially when, when my dad was running a restaurant, we had many Algerian Algerians come to our restaurant. And I have to be really honest with you. We've never, ever had a problem. As a matter of fact, every Algerian who came to our restaurant loved our food. 
They were respectful. They loved talking soccer with me. Okay. And most important of all, they were super loyal customers. They came at least twice a week. There was a particular gentleman from Algeria who I often spent time talking to. Such a great, unique individual. And I actually asked him for advice because this is where I got some of motivation to start a soccer podcast. And he convinced me to do it. Because he would tell me, Alex, if you love soccer so much, you're well educated on it, you have a passion for it, you might as well do it. Because if you have, if you love it that much, you can grow it and you can make it a huge success. And ladies and gentlemen, so far, Into the Net FC is a great success. And I'm only going to keep working and working and working to make it better and bigger and stronger. And for those of you who are the loyal listeners, I thank y'all very, very much for your support. So going back, got a little bit uh, distracted, obviously. I mean, that's unfortunately ADHD for me. But but yeah, basically this match would, like I said, yeah, it was basically billed as an act of reconciliation. And this was actually the very first event between the two countries since... Algeria won its independence from France again in 1962 after what was a seven-year conflict. Yeah, like I said, a very brutal and, and violent war. You know, it, it's forever. It's 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 forever going to affect both sides. Let me put it like that. But I'm just so blessed that every Algerian that I've ever had the honor of knowing, you know, never had a problem with any of them. I mean, every Algerian that I know. All I can say is God bless them. And Algeria is a beautiful country. I've never been to Algeria, but I've seen pictures. And hopefully one day, if I ever get the chance to visit Algeria, I'll do it. So this particular game, I, it was basically... It's actually tomorrow's the 20-year anniversary of this game. And why did I decide to do this episode? Well, Well, the truth is, I actually learned about this incident... When, during a documentary, a, a documentary on the French national team, basically around the history from 1996 to 2016, it's that documentary. I forgot what it's called, but I'm sure some of you know it. Basically, kind of tells it, it goes from when France failed to qualify for the World Cup in 1994 to the 2016 Euro. You know, of course, it shows what happened in 2010. But this particular game, this was an exhibition game in 2001. You know, I was in school when this took place, so. It was just, you know, and learning about all this and doing all this research, I'm just like, wow. It's a shame that this had to happen. Because like I said, this does not help either country. And as we know, France has a large population of Algerians, especially, and you know, a huge population of Muslims. You know, you know like me and my parents, you know, immigrated to France from, uh, from Syria. And I, I, I would think, you know, because of the... The brutal history and the the dark times between the two countries. I would really hope to see one day France and Algeria reconcile, put all the bad history behind them, and kind of start a new era of friendship and a huge alliance that can benefit both countries. Like I said, at the moment, I'm not exactly sure as, as far as the relations go between France and Algeria. So, I mean... So I, I don't I don't know what to expect, quite frankly. You know, 
as far as this game goes, you know, even the build-up to this game was, you know, there, there, were, there were a lot of fears. You know, from what I understand from that documentary, you know, the, the French police, you know, the, the, the riot police was on standby, you know, in case something happened. And, you know, and allegedly there was a, a death threat aimed at Zinedine Zidane from a report that CNN actually released about 20 years ago. Yeah, here we go. I'm looking at CNN right now. But, you know, and I checked on uh, other sources, but the um, the police department, the, the Parisian police department, the police department of Paris, I should probably say, had apparently, it was like, this was actually a, apparently reported by the UK Press Association that, once again, the, the Paris police department received a death threat that was aimed at Zinedine Zidane. This doesn't surprise me. Because, as we know, Zinedine Zidane, born in Marseille, Algerian descent, actually spent part of his, uh, ch spent part of his childhood in Algeria. He's actually, you know, his parents are both Algerian. If I'm correctly, I believe they're from the Kabylie region of Algeria. I hope I'm, I'm saying that correctly. So, it's no surprise that Zidane got death threats because, you know, from what I understand, Zidane was apparently eligible for the Algerian national team. And, you know, sometimes, you know, of course, sometimes people ask, you know, how, why did Zidane choose France over Algeria? There are many reasons, but, you know, personally, me, I'm not too sure. I, I mean, I just say, you know what, he picked France, so I'm happy. <sighs> Sorry. So this particular match, you know, and as I was doing research for this match, I kind of wanted to see, you know, how this thing was set up. And not surprisingly, it was obviously set up by a couple of French politicians. As I'm reading, uh, you know, uh, there was basically, um, you know, two government officials. One of them was the sports and youth minister, Marie-Georges Buffet, who at the time was the leader of the French Communist Party. I believe she was the leader of the French Communist Party from 2001 to 2010. And I believe she was the Minister of Sports and Youth, or Sports and Youth Minister, from 1997 to 2002. So she actually helped organize it. She was actually the principal organizer of the exhibition match, according to this source right here, themilitant.com, from a piece from... October 7th, 2001, where the match took place, and that's actually the 20 year anniversary is tomorrow, so kind of uh, preparing myself. You know, and the other government official that, according to this, who helped set up was Labor Minister Elizabeth Guigon. Hmm. Oh, excuse me, Guigou, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. Yeah, Labor Minister Elizabeth Guigou actually also helped uh, organize this. And it says here that these two particular politicians were actually suffered slight injuries from fly, from flying objects. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, prime, the, the Prime Minister at the time, Lionel Jospin, was at this match. And he was evacuated by his bodyguards. So, you know, I'm not surprised. Of, of course, you know, the politicians got involved because, again... It, this this whole thing was built as an act of quote reconciliation, you know. I, I don't want to say it's quote reconciliation unquote because I really felt like you know an exhibition match between the two would be a great way to reconcile the two countries because soccer is huge, you know. In France, soccer has united. You know, soccer's been 
a huge way to combat racism, and racism is unfortunately still a huge problem in France. But this particular incident, because with all with because what happened in this game that caused the game to be abandoned, well, that gave those extreme far-right politicians an excuse to basically hurl insults towards immigrants, specifically Algerians and Muslims. So all this, this whole incident basically just caused even more chaos and kind of just <sighs> stirred the pot of racism. I mean, I guess the bottom line is the incident of this match just, it really didn't do any favors. So this match, there was more than there was about 80, 80 spectators who filled the Stade de France where the match took place. Stade de France is in, in Saint-Denis in the, in the Paris area. And a lot of Algerians booed the French national anthem, La Marseillaise. And from this piece right here... I think one of the... the I would imagine this is a quote from one of the Algerians. He says, and I quote... We booed La Marseillaise to give encouragement to our soccer team. Okay. And then he says, and basically, this is from a young sports fan from a working class Paris suburb. Okay, so this is a quote. And he even says, and I quote, we did it to support our country, Algeria. Okay. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how, you know, how that would be an assist because, I, because quite frankly, you know, and... and what surprises me is, you know, from that documentary, the French and Algerian players, there was no problem between the guys. They were just playing the match, show, respecting each other, and from their point, from their, from their situation, things seem to be going okay. Unless I'm missing something, but as far as I know, it's like that. And of course, this particular piece, you know, has a little bit of a, you know, aim, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of, you know. I don't want to go ahead and say this on air. It's bad enough I might have already said something that's probably gotten under people's skin. And, and I want to assure everybody that, you know, I'm just, you know, talking about this particular incident. This is, I don't want to get, this has nothing to do with anything else. This is just, you know, going back in time, pretty much. So, but, but with, this, with this match going on, you know, France was actually dominating the game, you know, right before, right before halftime. You know, around, uh, around halftime, France was up three to zero, but then Algeria decided to cut it in half uh, on a free kick. And then, shortly after France made it four to one, I, I believe uh, Robert Pires, who was playing for Arsenal at the time, made it four to one. Uh, from what I understand, I know Emmanuel Petit and Thierry Henry both had a goal. I'm not sure who else also had a goal, but but shortly after Robert Pires made it four to one, you know. Many, uh, se dozens of young Algerians, you know, got out of the seats and came down onto the pitch, and started just r running around the pitch. Basically, uh, from what I know, is the game was briefly halted in order to apprehend the, these invading spectators and and I would have guessed you know throw them out of the building or you know arrest them, bas basically and. But that, but then after that, more and more Algerian supporters came down, and the situation got so badly out of control that the match had to be abandoned. And and it's a shame too. The match had to be abandoned. <clears throat> if I were a young journalist in my twenties during that time, 
and I was covering this game, this would be something I would not be proud of because I would say this was an exciting day. I was going to go cover a, a, an international exhibition between France and Algeria, and this event is an act of re- reconciliation between the two countries because of what France and Algeria have gone through in the past. A violent history. So basically, and because, and like I said earlier, how soccer has been a huge part for the French society. I mean, French fr- soccer is a huge part of French society, and like I said, it has helped combat racism and hate. It has united the country together in the past when France won the World Cup in 1998. And, you know, things got so bad that, you know, like I said, the riot police was on standby and the riot police had to be deployed. So it, it took the riot police to to clear the, the pitch. and But, you know, you know and, and from this piece right here that, you know, the officers who got on the pitch, Alger- Algerians who were s- still sitting uh, in their seats, you know, tossed debris at them. You know, it says debris was just raining down on the, on the police officers. And then more and more, uh, more and more uh, Algerian supporters just ran on the pitch. But it wasn't just Algerian supporters from what I understand because of uh, a particular thing that happened with a uh, player, Lilian Turam. So... Like I said, I mean, uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just so freaking overwhelmed right now. I'm just like, I'm just like, I just cannot believe this this happened. But it was already a risk, you know, for France and Algeria to play. You know, considering that th- this was like almost forty year forty years after uh after the after the war ended, and so you know, it's just it's 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 crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. You know, people got hurt. There could have been deaths. I mean, this was just absolute. Chaos, okay, and there was only 17 minutes left in the game, and the, ma- the match had to be abandoned. So, you know, eventually, I think it was hundreds of Algerians that ran onto the pitch. You know, it- it's crazy, and, and the story with uh, Lilian Turam, who's a the-, the former legendary French defender, actually got so pissed, okay, that he actually confronted one of the one of one of the uh, a young man. Who actually? Uh, who's one of the invaders? And based on what happened, it, and, and, and according to this, you know, and from, from what I saw, like from that documentary, Lilian Turam had a confrontation with a young black man. Some say he was a teenager, but from what I saw, the dude appeared. I, I would say he was probably between eighteen and twenty years old. He was obviously a young man, and Lilian Turam was being interviewed in that part of the documentary. He was actually interviewed for most of that documentary. He explained the situation. Like he basically got us through how he confronted the young man and said, "Hey, you no, know, told him, hey, come here, come here. I'm gonna let me tell you something." Like Lilian Turam basically lectured that young man, gave that man a lecture, basically saying, "Do you are you aware of what that you what you're doing is causing harm?" So you know, and, and Turam ex- basically, I mean, I mean Turam sugarcoated nothing from this situation. Lilian Turam was pissed off. I mean, they showed footage of him confronting this young black supporter, okay? And Turam had every right to be upset because when a soccer when when a soccer teams are playing and the match has to be halted or abandoned because of 
how should I put it? Be- because of unsafe, unprofessional conduct from the supporters who decide to invade the pitch or do even other things like throw stuff from the stands. That's disrespectful. You are disrespecting the players when you do that. You're disrespecting yourself, disrespecting your family. You know, you're, you're, you're causing an, an embarrassment. I mean, you're harming yourself most of all, okay? You're not only disrespecting the, your family, your country, you know, the players. You're harming yourself. You're putting yourself at risk because a supporter who invades the pitch, they could have been hurt too. Something could have happened to them. Like I said, the whole situation is absolute chaos, it's chaos, man. So when I learned all this watching that documentary, I, I was dumbfounded, and I still am. You know, you see, right now I'm kind of I keep losing my train of thought because the whole thing. I mean, I just wish it. it it's a shame that it happened. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, going back to that that Algerian uh, dude who who kind of helped convince me, you know, to get interested in podcasting. He remembers that game very well. And I remember when I, when I talked about him, and he says that that broke his heart too. Because this Algerian dude, he's lived in, he lived in France. He worked in France. He visits France. He would visit France a lot. He loves the country, just much like he loves Algeria. He spends a lot of time in his native Algeria. He spent a lot of time in France. He lives here in the U.S. He's a happy dude. And he told me that, in, he says, in his case, he says he doesn't want to live in the past. He wants to look onto the future. Okay, and he too prays that hopefully there could be some very good alliance between France and Algeria. Maybe the, I mean, like I said, as far as the tensions go right now, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I would not be surprised if there was still a bit of hostility between the two countries. Sometimes I get the feeling that there's probably always going to be a bit of hostility, but I can only hope that one day, you know, they can bury the hatchet and you know put all that in the past. I mean, we can only hope. So basically, go back to Turam. Here's a little quote from the uh, from a post uh, made by the the Guardian. Of course, it tells you this piece is over 20 years old. It's actually written the day after the uh, after this match. So and you know and, and Turam said. Here's a little quote from Turam. He told actually this to L'Equipe, and I quote: "It was important because of what has recently happened and the hopes our countries could come closer." Okay, but he, the supporter, like the others, spoiled everything. When I saw him jumping around, being chased up by the security guards, that really annoyed me. Well, in Tiam's case, I would say it, it did more than simply annoy him. I mean, it it pissed off. So I guess I would say maybe it annoyed him at first, but it quickly went from annoying him to just pissing him off big time. And, you know, and I swear that some people have said Tuham should have just minded his own business. I'm like, you know what? Turam is one of the greatest players of the French soccer history, okay? Turam was playing the ma- that match, okay? Turam's life was at risk, too, when these invader- when these when, when these supporters invaded the pitch. Who knows what would have happened to him? So guess what? It is his business. It was his business, okay? And Turam was doing this because he cares. So Turam, you know, much like in, in the interview, basically, the quote right here is basically, is basically exactly how he explained it in the, in the documentary. And I quote, I took him by the arm and said, do you realize what you are doing? And then he says he looked at me with big eyes and said he was sorry. (laughs) And then he goes on to say that these supporters who evaded the pitch that caused all this did not understand a thing and that they did not realize what they were doing to themselves. (laughs) You know, like I said, the whole thing is just completely out of control and 
And all these other Algerians that were in my dad's restaurant, Algerians I've spoken to, and you know, some of them have brought up this game, and and they they too are hurt from it, because they too they would say this does not help us, this does not help us, you know, with our pain from the past. So this incident, you know, it harmed France and it and and it harmed Algeria. It, it it seriously harmed the Algerian community in France. So, and and, and, and the fact that it's clear that you know, and, and from what I'm told, like. From the footage of that documentary, these these Algerian sports that invaded the pitch were young. They were young. So, obviously, Tulam is not exaggerating. You know, they say they didn't understand a thing. So, it's... It, 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 it's, it's just... It's, it's a shame, and... You know, when the, the, the French national anthem was just being heavily booed, and... And from what I understand, you know, and, you know, Zinedine Zidane, you know, not only was there that death threat, but there was a report that I read that that every time Zidane would uh, would touch the ball, like kind of handle the ball like dribble, these Algerian supporters would shout, Zidane Harki. And for those of you who don't know, Harki is a term. Harki was basically, basically they were a group of soldiers, basically, and basically it's, it's the term for native Muslim Algerians who were basically on the French army side during, during the war. Which again went from 1954 to 1962. Haraki is basically Algerians who sided with the French during that war. Okay, And of course a lot of Algerians were and probably still are upset. And go back to Haraki, obviously, <coughs> excuse me. A Haraki would basically be considered a traitor because again, Haraki were Algerians who sided and fought for the French side, and they were be regarded as traitors. And I, from what I'm told, is some that were caught were eventually executed. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, this is just a couple of notes that I got. I didn't want to go too deep because, you know, I want to learn this on my own. I don't know time, but, but man. You know, of course, the stadium, you know, it mentions how the stadium had a sea of Algerian flags, which is no surprise, but... Ay, ay. It's a shame you, you try to do the right thing, you know, how soccer fights racism. Maybe soccer can help mend relationships, you know, form alliances with countries who've had a bad past before. It's about putting the violence and the, and the hard part in the past and trying to focusing on the future to benefit both countries. And It, it was tough. I mean... You know, another thing, this match hailed as messengers of peace. You know, especially because, you know, the way the French players and Algerian players, you know, the way how they were respecting each other, there was nothing bad going on between the two. Yeah, the messenger of peace, okay? Then, but then, like I said, you know, the booing of the French national anthem, you know, Zidane, you know, being hurled, that slur, and, and you know, Zidane getting the death threat, and, and Asaurus actually... And I swear to God, this source right here, themilitant.com, said uh, basically states that hundreds of supporters, uh, some of the supporters of the Algerian national team, were shouting "Bin Laden, Bin Laden," I think while they were while they were invading the the field, and while they were sitting in their stands. So, damn, 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 damn. I, I hate that this happened. I was only eight years old when the, when this happened. For those of you wondering, I probably would not have understood if I was watching this game and I saw this happen. I wouldn't have understood because I would have asked my dad, "Well, what's the problem between fans in Algeria?" Because you know I would have been too young to understand what had, what had happened. But 
it's it, it's truly a shame that this happened because let me tell y'all this: France and Algeria have not have not even bothered playing an exhibition since then. I mean, because France can't risk this happening again. It's bad enough that you know things in France right now are just going pretty rough. I mean, racism is obviously still an issue, and the whole problem in France with immigration and everything—it's it's chaos, man. It's it's chaos, and all I can just do is pray that you know hopefully things could finally be resolved one day and we can all live in peace. Because that's all I want for everybody to love one another, respect one another, work hard, live life have each other's back, and make the world a better place. <coughs> In other words, folks, no more hate. No more hate, because hate doesn't solve anything. If anything, it just makes the matter worse and worse and worse. And guess what? People suffer. And suffering is not good. So, so that being said, if people were to ask you, should France ever play Algeria, if France were to play Algeria, like in a, in, a, in a neutral site, I'm like I said. Well, I know I'm not sure how much how much of the cause that would help because you know supporters would travel to that game. So either way, there's the risk of chaos again, and and the fact that when this happened in 2001, it was bad. Like I said, the riot police had to be deployed. God knows how many people were arrested. God knows how many people got hurt. God knows how many people could have been killed, or how how even worse the injuries could have been. I mean. The situation was bad enough, but it could. But God knows what would have happened if, if the whole thing just got worse and worse and worse because it could have. So, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame that on October seventh, two thousand one, an exhibition match between France and Algeria, which was seen as a source of reconciliation between the two countries, had to be spoiled the way it did. It really is a damn shame, folks. It really is. And to. And you know, and to one of my good friends who's actually a loyal listener of this show, you know, he and his family are, are loyal listeners of this show, a, a, a super amazing Algerian family, you know. You know, and, and for, he actually suggested doing this episode because at first I felt like it wasn't, but he says, now, Alex, you are good with soccer, you are good at educating people, and and I love your history, so he wanted me to do this episode. One of my loyal listeners, and and you know who you are. This is for you, brother, and thank you so much for actually giving me the courage to do this because I was not for it because I was afraid that I might get too political, and I hope I didn't, but... And I didn't want to offend anybody because, like I said, this hurt everybody. There's no way to attack anybody, but what happened here hurt Algerians, it hurt France, it hurt everybody. Everybody got hurt, so... Man. But... Like I said, it's a shame that a source of reconciliation, you know, just to help make things right, had to be spoiled that way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.